Usually, when we hear of someone setting a new world record, we think of athletic achievements or unusual feats that we ourselves would never try. But how often have you heard of a world record in business, sales in particular? This week's guest is Tetsuya Minami, a friend from Tokyo, Japan, who's gained my admiration because of how he accomplished an unheard of number of new life insurance clients in a single year. His record may be unusual, but Tetsuya's approach is amazingly simple. It's instinctive and inspiring. From across the Pacific Ocean, meet a true game face exec, Mr. Tetsuya Minami. And Game Face Exec's podcast is so pleased to take our audience overseas to meet this week's guest, someone who has made a name for himself in the Guinness World Book of Records. And it's my pleasure to introduce to you Tatsuyu Minami from Tokyo, Japan. Minami-san, yoroshiku onegaishimasu. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for being with us today. It's such a pleasure to have you. So let's begin with that story. I think we would love to know the specifics. How does someone end up in the Guinness World Book of Records in sales? I am very happy that I was able to set a Guinness record for the Prudential Financial Group. How was I able to do this? The three key principles have to do with who am I doing this for? Why am I doing this? And for what reason? I focused and did my best for the customers, for myself, to contribute to society, and then the results followed. I believe that success lies within these three questions. So what were the actual numbers that qualified you for that distinction? I recognize that you focused on your clients, and that was really your focus in your in your charge in the record book what does it tell us about the record you set what kind of numbers are we talking about within our prudential financial group within the gibraltar life insurance company we had a success indicator of getting two insurance contracts or signings per week we used to say two w as in two a week. Everyone did their best to shoot for this goal. However, one reason why I was able to set the record was because I was able to get two new contracts per day for 365 days. So now, the number that is set to be on the Prudential Financial Group Guinness record is 732.5 signings because my goal, which I achieved, was 365 times two contracts. That is an amazing number. And congratulations, Minami-san. Thank you very much. It's fantastic. So your success obviously is unquestionable. And yet it had to take something more than just hard work because a lot of people work hard. So what do you think really drove you to change the company's expectation from two a week to two a day? Why would you want to do such a thing? Our job as a life insurance company is to protect people's future. 
I wanted to protect the most people I can. I had a desire to save as many people as possible from whatever they were dealing with. I believe this strong desire allowed me to achieve the number I did. Thank you. It's really incredible. So while you were working at this pace, what did your supervisor or your boss have to say about your work? Were they telling you to slow down? Were they telling you to speed up? Or were they just leaving you alone? Before I got into the insurance business, I owned a takoyaki restaurant. I had a lot of satisfied customers who were disappointed when I closed the shop. I always had a strong desire to do my best to serve my customers. And when I did that, it made me feel good to deliver a product that made my customers I took the same sense of accomplishment and hard work to my new career. The product I sell now, life insurance, protects people's futures, and I want to help as many people as possible to feel secure with their future. I receive so much support from my supervisors and co-workers. I never had anyone tell me to slow down. So Minami-san, so you had, you had over 760 accounts in one year, but you also had a half account. Can you just explain what that means? Yes, there is something called a joint where we go out and sell together with a partner. When someone asks to partner with me, if we sell something together, the account becomes half. That's why I have a 0.5 on my record. Teamwork. <laughs> yes. So in America, if you are number one in a sales department, your colleagues either love you or they despise you. They're jealous. Sometimes they don't want you to be that successful. So did you find that to be the case in your office or is the Japanese business culture different than, say, in America? Yeah, I think it would be incorrect to say that there were no feelings of jealousy. However, the numbers were so off the charts that there were a lot of people cheering me on. There were many people who said to me, personally, I can never do what you're doing, but you can, so go for it. So, Minami-san, as you know, I have lived in Japan and I used to speak Japanese fluently, but I'm not fluent anymore. But there's a word in Japanese, gambate, which has a very unique meaning to the Japanese people and the culture and the language. And could you please explain in your words what gambate means, especially when you're working hard to accomplish a goal? Most of the time, we tell other people gambate, but I think we should use the word gambate for ourselves first. It means I can do this. Then you tell others, you can do it too. I think we can say, work hard, you got this, to others because we first told ourselves, work hard. Personally, I believe the word is a word that motivates me while also encouraging other people. That's very fascinating. So when you were working with colleagues who were not having anywhere near your success, and they were perhaps getting depressed or discouraged. 
and they were seeing you having this record-setting pace of success, what could you say to them that would still encourage them to combate, to keep working hard? First, it starts with yourself. You need to proactively show leadership. That starts by being energized yourself. For example, when leaving the office, instead of just saying, I'm heading out, if you say, I'm heading out, everyone, with a lot of energy, at first, people won't react much to it. They'll just say, yeah, take care. But if you keep saying, everyone, have a great night, people will feed off your energy and start saying, yeah, have a good one. Pretty soon, people are influenced by your energy when they say goodbye to you. Why does this happen with people? I think it's because people follow proactive leadership. So I think you need to start by working hard yourself. And then you can say, looking at the person next to you, I'm doing my best. I know you're struggling, but follow my lead. Let's do our best together. This is an important principle to me. So Minami-san, as you know, in the United States, in North America, I train sales teams. I train them for sports teams. And I train them within corporations and small businesses. And one of the principles that I teach is that to be successful, we must act successful. And that means that customers and clients want to be around success. They don't want to be around people that they perceive to be failing. So do you believe that principle is true? And were some of your clients buying from you because they knew that you were just successful and that's all they needed to know about you? First, I understand that feeling. Like you, that people want to associate with successful people. And there is no denying that success fosters success. The second thought that comes to me is that for us to succeed, it's important to possess an inner power that says, I can do it and the power to change negative events into positive ones. The third thing is always asking for what, for who, and for why. Have a purpose and a goal. Set small tasks for yourself to help you achieve those goals. And keep working little by little every day, regardless if people are watching you or not. And if you can incorporate this, it's not for me, it's for you, way of thinking, then people will want to be around you and help you. As a result, I think you get closer to success. Well, that's a sales game-changing piece of advice, Minami-san. So thank you very much for that. There's some great insight there. I have to ask you, there had to be some days when, as we say in English, you just weren't feeling it. It just wasn't happening for you. So. How did you get out of those doldrums, as we say? How did you lift yourself up? Or was every day for one year, just every day was perfect? Obviously, there are days that just don't go well. The longer you live, the more negative experiences you will have. But I have something that I do to change negatives into positives. I motivate myself by doing four things. First, I pair a nightly self-reflection with something else that's enjoyable. In other words, before I retire, 
I reflect on three things. What did I learn today? How will I apply what I learned today to my future? And by when will I apply it into my life? I love to drink Japanese whiskey every night. So I combine that activity, which I love, with reviewing my day, doing both at the same time. This personal feedback session helps me shift from something that may be negative to something that's positive before I go to bed. I do this every day. That's a fascinating technique and suggestion I think we can all learn from. I'm not much of a sake drinker, but I do appreciate that approach that you take. But let me ask you, with all the distractions that each of us have in our jobs every day with the internet and our phones and email and things on television, how do you stay focused? Isn't it more difficult today for professionals to stay focused on the job at hand? And if that's true for you, what kind of discipline did you have to use in order to put aside those things that would distract you and even friends and family that might distract you from your goal? So how did you always stay focused? For sure. As a distraction, I think many people go home and just turn on their TV and watch without purpose. I don't watch any TV. When I go home, I've established times, for example, to read books or do my daily personal feedback. I also have weekly, monthly, and yearly goals. I base my actions on those goals. If you were trying to lose 20 pounds from January 1st to December 31st, break it into smaller goals. In this case, you would need to lose 1.67 pounds a month. This means you will need to think and act every day in a way that will help you reach that goal. If an event helps you attain your goal, then you can include it in your day. However, if the action detracts from your goal, then sadly, you should replace it with something else. If we take the time to think about this every day, we start doing the things we need to do first instead of the things we want to do. There are only three patterns to human actions. One, the things we need to do. Two, the things we can do. Three, the things we want to do. People who don't get the results they want usually start with the things they want to do, then the things they can do, and finally, the things they need to do. But people who achieve their goals prioritize their time by doing the things they need to do, then the things they can do, and finally, they create time to do the things they want to do. If you think in this way and aim to achieve your goals, then you will stop doing things that you want to do just for the sake of satisfying your desires. I act on this belief. So thank you for that explanation. Let me ask you broadly or generally, is there a point in someone's life or in their career when they've set a goal, but they have to recognize at some point that it's not going to be achieved? And maybe they're in the wrong profession. Maybe they shouldn't be in sales. Maybe they shouldn't be in school. 
maybe they ought to be doing something different. And so they had a dream, but they've recognized at some point, or they're coming to the recognition that maybe they ought to set their sights on something else. Is that a fair conclusion that people should come to at times in their life? Or is anything possible? We are here at point A, and our goal is to get to point B. Many think that we go from point A to B in a straight line. But the reality is that we are human beings, and life isn't always going to go well or as planned. We will have bumps in the road, highs and lows. At the low point, if you don't think you can reach that goal, the likelihood of poor results will increase. If you can push through those low places and keep working, working, working at it, after a certain point, results will dramatically improve. But at those hard times, if you can't keep believing, I can do it, I can do it, then you can't create the power needed to get to your goal. So, for me, if you can believe in yourself that you can do it, and if you keep working on it, your future will change immensely. But if you think it's over, I can't do it, then there's a likelihood things will go south go more towards the bad direction. That's why I think you can get yourself walking in the direction of success as you keep thinking about it deeply and strongly. This idea of persevering and striving for success is very important. So Minami-san, I must ask you, are your mother and your father proud of you? I believe they're proud of me. Now your father, as I recall, your father started a factory, your mother worked in a barber shop. So what did you learn from your parents as you were growing up about developing this type of mindset and this type of work ethic? My father said, you only live once. Success is not becoming rich, famous, or having authority. One kind of success is being able to do the things you want to do and are passionate about, no matter how old you are. So my father taught me that I always need to live by asking myself, for what? For who? Why do you want to do that? When I was running my takoyaki shop, my mother told me that my job isn't selling takoyaki. My job is to have the people who came to my restaurant go home satisfied and happily. My mom was a barber. Now, barbers cut hair, and the customers will say thank you and go home. The most important thing is not to cut hair well. It's to provide an atmosphere or feelings that make the customer say, I come here because I want to see you. Or, I come here because I want the time I spend with you or in this environment. My mother taught me that this is the important thing. 
There are many areas where my parents have influenced me in my life, and I am confident that I'm the person I am because of them. Someday, will you introduce me to your parents? <laughs> yes, of course, Rob. You talk about the takoyaki shop that you started, and for the audience that doesn't understand what takoyaki is in Japanese, can you please explain that for us? I gotta tell you, takoyaki is Japan's soul food. All Japanese people, from young children to the elderly, enjoy eating takoyaki. There are other Japanese foods, like okonomiyaki, that are very good. But the best part of eating takoyaki is that all the flavors can be savored in one bite, even while you're playing or walking. I think of takoyaki as a comfort food. When Japan experienced rapid economic growth, it wasn't a food you had to dress up for or had to prepare for. I believe it's a food that gives a sense of relaxation and safety. So Minami-san, you didn't tell us what's in takoyaki, but I know, but I'm not going to tell my audience because I want them to try it next time they go to Japan. And you mentioned okonomiyaki. I actually learned how to make okonomiyaki in Hiroshima. Mm -hmm. And so I like to treat my family to okonomiyaki anytime we can. It's probably not very good to you, but we think it's delicious when I make it. Wow, that's great. So you've been an owner of a takoyaki shop. You're a chef. You make something that the Japanese people love, a food that is a comfort food to them. You've also, in your collegiate days, you were in cheer. And you spent at least a couple of years, as I recall, being on the cheer team, which is a, a huge responsibility within the Japanese university. It's not, it's not a position that they take lightly. There's a lot of responsibility associated with that position. So how do those two jobs or roles that you've had, how do you think that prepared you for being so successful in sales? I worked part-time for a few places for four years after high school. I went to a university on a scholarship, along with the money I made. After that, I hitchhiked all over Japan and Southeast Asia. Then I decided that within five years, I wanted to own a restaurant. So I returned to Japan. When I got back, I worked at a restaurant and saved 98.9% of my earnings. I only drank milk and I saved over $100,000. The next step was to get to Tokyo and open and run a takoyaki shop. I did that for nine years. When I sit back and think about why I started a takoyaki shop or why I did cheer, it starts with the fact that I couldn't go to the high school I wanted to go to. Since I couldn't live the story I wanted, I decided that I should search for my new self, someone I didn't know. That's why I was willing to try hard things along the way. And that thought triggered the idea of joining cheer. And one of the things I wondered 
was how some people can cheer others on with such passion, even though they didn't get any money, awards, or trophies. How can they clap for people despite such little reward? This is something cheer taught. In cheer, they wear black uniforms and show by their actions that they're really rooting for their team. They're also working real hard, say, in baseball, for just one hit. And I realized we weren't cheering alone. There was the brass band, the fans, the players uniting together, cheering with us. We were able to cheer people on because so many people were doing the same with us. Through cheer, I observe that if I am happy, then others around me are often happy. If you hear a good story, then share that with the next person. What does this mean? If someone does something good to you, do that good thing to the next person. If you hear a good story about someone, share that good story with someone else. Then that person will be happy and will pass it along to the next person. Someone who hears the good story will be happy and will share it with the next person. It gets passed along again and again. When that happiness reaches my ecosystem, when that happiness make it all the way back to me. I applied this when I opened my takoyaki shop. I didn't work hard for my profits. I worked to spread joy to the people around me. Truly believing this and spreading these feelings to others turned out to be the reason I have seen success in other areas of my life. What I learned in cheer helped me with my takoyaki shop. And knowing that I did the right things in my takoyaki shop is helping with my sales job now. I'm confident about this. Well, Minami-san, even though you and I speak different languages, the meaning of what you're saying really resonates to me. And I think it's a universal language. The principles that you're teaching us about being a self-starter, about having that can-do spirit, about working hard. And I also think that anyone who's listening to you right now, regardless of their position, especially my younger audience members, I hope that they're getting from you that it doesn't really matter where you start, because there are things that you can learn in every position and every role that you play, and there is no job that's insignificant. Every job is a place where you can learn important principles and life lessons that will translate to the next job or the next position that you might explore. I think that is so true. As I mentioned earlier, I believe there are three things that are absolutely necessary for success. First, believe in yourself and believe, I can do this no matter what happens. Second, there is no doubt negative things will occur, but we can't focus on the negatives. We need to have the power to change the negative into a positive. However, we can't do this on our own. That's why we need people around us to cheer us on. That's why it's very important for us 
to cheer others on when we can. Third, for what? For who? Why? Set a goal with a purpose in mind. And give specific tasks to yourself to achieve these goals. We need to ask ourselves, for what? For who? Why do I have a purpose for doing these things? If you can work hard, not for yourself, but for other people around you, I am so certain you will succeed. Thank you. So, Minami-san, who is your favorite baseball team in Japan? I don't follow pro baseball much. I watch more college baseball. That's why I really don't have a favorite team. I go watch the cheer squads for college baseball several times a year. Not the pros, but I go watch the cheer for college baseball many times. The reason why I go is because it reminds me of how hard I work and allows me to ask myself, am I working as hard as I used to? Am I doing my best now? It helps me remember my roots and lets me know that I can work harder. I can do more. That's why I go watch college baseball often. Well, next time I'm in Japan, we have to go to a college baseball game together. And afterwards, you can make me some of your famous takoyaki. And I will make you my famous okonomiyaki. <laughs> and, and I look forward to visiting with you again. This has been a very, very enjoyable interview. And I thank you for all of your experiences that you've shared with us and all of your wisdom. Thank you. This was a great time. I hope there are many out there in your huge audience who can use my experience as a source of inspiration and continue to move forward. My life purpose is to be happy. And for me to feel that happiness, I need to be with people that I love. I eat good food and I need to get good results at work. The purpose in my work is to make people happy. One success for me is to have people who meet me say, I'm so glad I was able to meet them today. I was able to share so many stories and experiences. If your listeners gain energy from this, that makes me very happy. Thank you. Thanks for being a part of this episode of Game Face Execs. If you found any of it useful or helpful, please rate or like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. I always appreciate you referring us to others as well. I'll see you next week. Until then, persuade, influence, inspire.